There are certain rules how the world works, and there are ways how we have been doing things all our life. We take a dive into the alternate perspective. Hello everyone, welcome to Spill the Tea podcast, where we challenge the conventional by sharing a cup of tea with our guests. It's Keisha again, this time taking over our virtual studio here at Spill the Tea. Hope everyone is having a great week so far. So since we have been living 80% indoors since March 2020, we have recognized the importance of quarantine regulations. We can see most countries are flexible when it comes to outdoor sports. Simple ones like allowing us to go to the park, walk the dog, or even cycling. And research shows that loss of access to outdoor recreation opportunities slow down our abilities to engage with natural environment and escape the pressure of the crisis. It's very important that officials and planners have access to information concerning changes to outdoor recreation behaviors. Let's talk about being outdoors more. Shut up, legs. This time, joining me is an outdoor enthusiast and marketing expert, Gaurav. Hello, Keisha. Hi, Gaurav. Welcome to our virtual studio. Tell us, where are you recording this from? Right now, Keisha, as I connect with you, I am sitting on a chair which is about to fall down. <laughs> and this is, again, in a very, very high altitude organ- uh, place, which is basically my drawing room. So yes, I'm at a height. I'm still into adventure. <laughs> well, sounds like you're having fun there. Well, looks like I already talk a lot. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? So Kesha, I have been an outdoor person since the very start. And uh, I have been extensively into cycling, running, and extending this concept to a lot of coaching mm-hmm. to people so that they can be better in terms of not only the physical fitness side of things, but also have a very holistic approach to their entire fitness activity. Right. Now, my philosophy is that uh, adventures and sports are not just physical well-being, but they encompass a very large spectrum ranging from focusing on what uh, goals you have set for yourself, mm-hmm. to even having a better mental well-being and even caring for the invisible being which is living inside you. So when I say the right. invisible being sitting inside you, it's basically your mental side of things. What is happening with you when you are in a shutdown? Mm-hmm. I have led wilderness treks and some pretty demanding uh, multi-day cycling expeditions in the Indian Himalayas and even wow. in the cold deserts of the Ladakh region of India. I have been there, done that, done a lot of treks, done a lot of cycling. So this is a very brief snapshot of what exactly I've been up to the last few years. Wow, that's that's amazing. Thank you so much, Gavra, for sharing. I just miss being outdoors more now. So, I mean... That's the reality. I mean, I'm not as, like, you know, expert as you, but I al- always have enjoyed uh, outdoor activities because I went to a nature primary school. That was the term mm-hmm. back then. So, now it is known as forest school, I think. So, it's basically an innovative approach to education that revolves on outdoor play and it fosters environment for kids. So, the activities tend to be, you know, led by the child itself and play based. So we will learn through direct experience using five senses in nature. And every year we would have two camps, one at school and the other would be at a homestay or camping in secluded areas, which is really fun. So the most memorable... Yeah, yeah. I know, right? That sounds like real fun. It is. I mean, it was because I was in primary school. And the most memorable part for me was they made us jump from a bridge to a river and we went rafting. So that was definitely a great experience. So Gaurav, uh, my question is, there must be like some kind of trigger or like some memory. 
when did your love for outdoor activities grow so this was uh, something which you know just didn't happen overnight i mm-hmm. used to be an average joe kind of a person with uh, almost a very sedentary kind of a lifestyle hardly any physical activity glued to the tv on the weekends and uh, you know basically doing my job on a daily basis that's what right. i looked like 6 uh, to 7 years back i had a surprise uh, you know medical checkup based on my employer's recommendation and uh, then i found out that i was actually not doing so well on my physical parameter mm. that is all your markers of you know good health that was right. a time when actually my spouse suggested that i pick up a couple of you know cycles and let's just go, go for a ride and that was the day and 6 years down the line there was a day when i actually went across from uh, on one of the large uh, one of the longest uh, road which is at a very high altitude in the indian himalayas which is the manali to leh cycling trip it uh, encompasses a lot of these peaks which are more than 5000 meters so for reference <laughs> this is at 88548 meters right yes so oh my god just imagine you cycling at uh, 5000 meters but the important <gasps> point is that one trigger which was there for me was my health concern oh wow like that's such a major game changer because i like, imagine if you if that day you decided to not go for the a uh, medical checkup or on that day you decided to do something else maybe going for outdoor activities will be something that you never discover wow that's that's crazy absolutely and that's the reason i mean if you look at any a person who delves into an adventure sport or even you know just be physically fit or do some kind of hiit routine mm-hmm. uh, there's a stereotype which goes on that you know all these guys are super disciplined and uh, they have you know their goal sets and they are physically very active but what we also have to realize that at one point or the other all these gentlemen and ladies were in a similar kind of a situation there must be some impulse for them to get started and that impulse can be in various ways it can be as simple as that you caring for your body like mm-hmm. you say that your body is your temple or it can be as simple as that you go out and explore and you know understand what can what nature has to offer you and what kind of experiences you can get i completely agree and you know like going for this new experience or finding a new hobby is something to look forward to in your life because you know you only live once i mean i don't want to say that yo but absolutely <laughs> the term is you know uh, yes and i was just coming to that uh, it's it's a, it's a it's an often overused term but it actually holds a lot of value you have this one life what do you want to make out of Perfect. So the philosophy is something like that. You know, once you grow old and you are into your uh, geriatric side of things, that is almost at the verge of turning sixty, seventies, and you have grandkids, if mm-hmm. you do intend to settle down. And one of these days, you are sitting in a log cabin, and you know your grandkid asks you that, okay, Gaurav or Kesha, tell me a story about yourself. I don't want my kids to you know hear that. Uh, uh, I was working in an excess organization. I achieved this many numbers. I did this. I did that. <laughs> I would rather tell them a story that you know what happened that uh, I went to a trip and I saw these kind of people and I and we you know went for a water rafting kind of an activity and we fell down so these are these memories which you create over your lifetime you will carry into your old age as well as also a character peak into what you are That's true. You know, it's it's just amazing the feeling of accomplishment when you do all this stuff like the one you mentioned cycling and one of the longest tracks that that's just exciting to hear and as someone who is active and have visited the himalayas and participate in expeditions i'm sure you have lots of uh, crazy and memorable experience do you mind sharing with us uh, probably your favorite story absolutely kisha in fact uh, if i were to put a number on it actually <laughs> i cannot actually you know do a good justice to that entire counting thing but uh, one of the most memorable experience for me has been with my spouse again when we were going mm-hmm. for this trip in the state of uttarakhand which is another you know region in india in the northern part of the country 
it's surrounded by a lot of uh, uh, these high uh, high altitude mountains again so we were on a trek and uh, we were camping it was late in the night around uh, 2 to 3 am when the milky way was visible <gasps> no way yes. but that's not the experience because milky ways if you look at it in a crowded urban setting are generally not visible and honestly if you do a quick poll today one out of 10 people would have you know at some point or the other experienced the milky way less 9 out of 10 would have seen it only on the televisions or in some kind of a encyclopedia that okay this is what milky way looks like Yeah. The experience, which actually was memorable for me then uh, at that point of time, was something like this. We were, you know, just uh, I'm like we both were sleeping in a tent. My staff, you actually, they woke me up in the middle of the night and said that you know, uh, Gaurav, there is something outside. Just come out. And I unzipped the tent and I went outside. And uh, you know what? You will not believe this, Kisha. After uh, after just walking, you know, a few steps, like three to four uh, yards, there was a brown bear which was standing across 15 feet from me. That was not a domesticated bear. It's actual jungle bear. So imagine no. my horror. And at the same time, when you look at it in a retrospective action, it's very. I mean, like that's that's something which I cannot, you know, get out of my head that I have been able to see an animal in the wild up close, and that to a predator. So many such experiences have been there. Uh, once I was on this trip again from Manali to Leh, I had an episode of acute mountain sickness. Uh, not a good memory. But at the same time, when we were cycling on that route, uh, there was this pass which is known as Baralacha Pass. so baralacha la we call it so la in uh, uh, tibetan means pass that is a mountain pass okay. so baralacha was a pass and it snowed out like crazy crazy amount of snowfall and we were camped out we no. wake up the next morning and all of our tents uh, had we not woken up on time would have been basically under 6 to 7 feet of snow oh my god so these kind of experiences uh, they build your character at the same time they give you a reality into you know we are a very small part of this entire ecosystem which we call our home and in a way it makes you kind of like humble or like thankful right. of what you have right now so uh, that's really a great story i mean that's amazing i think there are lots of crazy experience for me but my memorable one was going hiking at arthur seat in scotland without any preparation whatsoever so oh wow <laughs> i was wearing you jeans the ship and you know went across yeah nice. exactly i was wearing jeans <laughs> And some of my friends were wearing skirts. Like we were told, it would be a breeze and a simple hike, because there okay. were a lot of um, there were a lot of seniors there. So we were like, okay, it's gonna be easy. Oh my god, we were so wrong. And seriously, that that was the time that I really appreciate uh, sports attire. So I think sports attire is a must for me when we go for outdoor adventures because you can perform better in general, and it's easier to manage as well. So for example, it's like waterproof. It's basically better for me. So of course as someone who is experienced I must ask what is your favorite or a must have sport related items that you always carry very valid question and uh, a very valid point you have touched upon uh, <laughs> Kesha in my own experience leading trips I have come across numerous times people you know landing up on treks which are again multi expeditions and uh, you know not being properly attired for that event or the expedition itself Right. Uh, one of the few things which I always, you know, um, suggest my team also, and even clients who are coming with me, or people I've traveled with, or even on a personal trip, is that always, always have a good pair of trekking shoes. Mm. We we are basically ancestors of the hunter gatherers of the ancient times. They had, you know, huge thick foot soles. We don't have that luxury. We roam around our house barefoot, but at the same time, <laughs> if you go into the mountains. and if your uh, footwear breaks you can basically call it okay see you thank you so much kind of thing at the same time the other sports related item which i 
always always say that people carry is not really a sports related item make sure that you always have a slip of paper or some kind of an indicative uh, indicative uh, message that says that okay this is who i am this is where i'm coming from this is what my blood group is and in case of an emergency this is where oh. you need to contact why it wow. is important okay. and it's not only relevant for the trekking or the cycling side of things when you do long distance cycling rides for example say suppose you're going for a 600 km ride even if you're going out for an early morning run and you're just relying on your cell phone that okay if something happens people can you know quickly punch in the uh, emergency contact which are listed there and they can make mm-hmm. a direct 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 right Mm-hmm. but what we fail to realize it in this moments of emergency people are not going to search through your phone book or you know look at what you have at that point of time they are more interested in what kind of blood group you have mm-hmm. and that crucial time which is there will be lost in terms of identifying what your blood group is always always carry that i even carry that in my wallet when i'm going out on my regular you know outdoor kind of a thing so that is something there and the third part which lot of people forget especially on treks is the humble toilet paper roll <laughs> <laughs> oh my okay and uh, sometimes when you're going for a long long journey so people they assume that you know a single roll is going to work well or two rolls will be more than enough for this kind of budget but what they forget is that when you're on a multi day expedition mm-hmm. uh, things can be crazy you can have episodes of gastric troubles you can have n sorts of problems so It's always better to be prepared. <laughs> That's really interesting. I didn't think about the second one. I never crossed my mind before. But I guess it makes sense when you're doing like a you know multiple expeditions or like a long distance cycling thing. Then that makes sense. And of course, you know the best part about going on adventures is meeting like-minded people. And I've gotten so many recommendations about hidden beautiful spots from them. So for you. How has it affected your community or network? So there was a sport known as golf, which is still being played by a lot of people today. It's mm-hmm. still not that uh, popular sport in the subcontinent, but if you look at it, that has always been the traditional go-to networking kind of a sport. Okay. But if you look at uh, today, if you look at the current generation, cycling as an activity is coming out something which is basically attracting a lot of middle-aged men, a lot of people who are head uh, honkos. and a lot of people who come from very strong business backgrounds and uh, they form a l- very very mature kind of connect when they are on a cycling kind of a journey and that journey can be even a single day kind of a small sojourn within the city or it can be a multi day ride end of the day it is slowly and slowly overtaking this entire concept of that you only need to network at golf or you can only network at you know meetups <laughs> that is one aspect of it the other part if you look at is broadly speaking when you go for a multi day expedition or any kind of a uh, you know long duration activity mm-hmm. the people who you are with initially they might not gel, gel with you that well there are yes. certain barriers to be broken you have to normalize and uh, uh, form a connection with them so that requires a constant uh, interaction with that uh, person in your team for maybe you know 2 to 3 days interestingly when you go for any kind of a trek which is more than 3 day for that matter what you'll always come back is not only the stories what you did but the people who went with you because they have you know been there with you they have stayed with you in the tents they have gone through the same routes they have cried in pain they have fallen down you have picked them up they have also gotten stuck in rains with you and they have borrowed from you so those kind of memories are very hard to recreate in a urban setting and that's where actually the network also grows because some of these people might also be professional in their own sense and they might have some interest which might not even be currently in tune with what you are doing but at some point of the time or the other you might want to pursue so frankly for me i have had a fantastic experience on this side i have a huge uh, network of people who not only 
are into diving but uh, i have a couple of friends and colleagues who have actually taken a bird watching as a sport and uh, sometimes you know the small small things we take for granted but these kind of experiences and the kind of people you come across they really expand your thinking as well yeah that's that's true and like what you said like uh, you found out that some of them do bird watching so that's also an opportunity for us to you know dip our toes in new sports as well and you know meeting uh, people who has the same passion as yours um, is also exciting because you get to learn more and you get to discover more for example like oh turns out somewhere near my house we can do this like i went for hiking and i met this hiking group and i told them where i live and they were like oh it's near this hiking place and i was like what i didn't even know that place existed so that's right. that's so, really like interesting so occasionally it happens so frequently also that uh, uh, sometimes you are like okay i met this person at this trip which is so far away and i know <laughs> that they are i'm like they're like next door to me that's why it's just uh, it's just like odd occurrence so now we're going to shift our conversation a little bit i would like to pick your brain more since you're an expert in this topic so obviously we have heard that the pandemic has shifted the way we live from the way we work the way we travel the way we dress and even the way we plan our week or even journey like you know just driving here will i get stopped by the police and automatically you know this has changed the way we spend our free time as well if you see social media nowadays there are specific sports or outdoor activities that a lot of people are focusing their time on like Uh, just now you mentioned what cycling and also golfing, but now I also see uh, not only me but my friends also see a lot of people are suddenly into hiking. So from you know from your expertise or from your point of view, why do you think that is? So Kesha, you are absolutely bang on target when you talk about the trend of hiking picking up during this lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> then the when there is a little bit of relaxation of norms but uh, you know some say that people want to let off the steam and go out and you know basically have the sun on their faces mm-hmm. the reality is something like this that uh, if you look at the last one year which has you know transpired there has been a lot of mental distress and mm-hmm. if you follow social media that closely you must have come across uh, a lot of these news when people have been depressed they have been posting stories how they've been coping up now the other part of thing is also that even though there was an initial uptick in the people actually staying at home and doing some kind of physical activity to keep them in shape but suddenly in the last 4 or 5 months that trend has died down we are no longer seeing people you know posting that okay i'm doing this activity in the morning or i'm following this right. routine they've got bored of it in, in simple <laughs> terms they're like okay yeah, I'm, it's too much for me let me go back to my old lifestyle let me be a lazy bum So what has happened is all these three, you know, combination of factors has actually uh, combined now in such a manner that uh, when you talk about hiking, which is a very very easy activity to pursue, right? It doesn't you know take such a lot of time out of a busy schedule, and especially for people who have never experienced the outdoors, it's a perfect you know uh, coming across of recipes to give you the perfect dish. That okay. let me do this let me you know connect with two of my friends let's go out their reasoning will be something like that uh, i wanted to do some kind of an outdoorsy stuff or maybe put something on instagram for that reason mm-hmm. but uh, internally if you asked anybody at a one is to one level they will always come up come back to the simple point i was just going crazy sitting at my home i wanted yeah. to go and feel the sun on my cheeks kind of thing i wanted <laughs> to catch the leaves how does it feel like i've never been outdoor and if you take talk to, uh, tell them that okay let's go to a mall for that reason they will rather you know say okay i'm done you know sitting at home and going into an urban jungle let me please go outdoor and see some 
nature. nature. That's actually that's true because you know, like suddenly now every time they ease the restriction, then my friend was like, "Oh, let's go hiking and you know explore new places, and then just just enjoy you know natural air." So not only that, I saw an analysis that there has been a like a sales increase of sixty percent for binoculars and bikes. So you mentioned oh, just yes. now uh, something about bird watching. So I mean, I don't want to assume the worst here, but obviously bird watching has become a thing for some people. And for bikes, though, it has affected some countries' infrastructure as well, like making the government to build bike lanes and malls are providing more spots for bikes to park in general. And This also affected my family. They are now 70% into bikes and they use it for leisure and also transport. So what do you think though? Is this simply a fad or is it a future of transport? If you look at the long-term scheme of things, uh, Keisha, Mm -hmm. it will not be surprising that one day or the other, the automobiles which we are currently seeing on the roads will be phased out in terms of futuristic mode of transportation. But at the same time, if you look at the practical side of things, bikes have been there for way before than automobiles, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they are also one of the most easiest mode of communication and, uh, sorry, transportation. And they are also one of the most easiest form of transportation, which can be easily maintained. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing with bikes is, uh, even though, you know, countries like Denmark and uh, Norway, they have a very, very sorted uh, metrics in terms of the adoption of bicycles. Right. They have their dedicated lanes and everything. But currently, if you look at the pandemic side of things, one of the biggest reasons why this adoption has happened is because of the social distancing norms. People who were actually traveling to their workplaces during the initial days when they were, you know, going to the offices when the lockdowns were not that strict in place, they assumed that okay, it's better for me to actually get a bike and you know avoid the crowd. Now, second part of the story is something like this. When this lockdown lifted in some parts of the world, what they also realized that you know work from home is not going anywhere. So typically, mm-hmm. if you have to go for grocery shopping or do some kind of uh, errands to be run, it's much more convenient to just you know hop on a bike and go to your nearest grocery store and come back. So for that, you don't need to really take out your automobile, your car, or your Jeep, or your bike, whatever you have at your home. You just need to hop on a cycle and go there, distance and come back. So this is one of the critical factors why this adoption has been you know um, on such a big hockey stick kind of a growth. That's true. That's true. And I mean, it's a, it's a good thing as well because it really helps to reduce that carbon emission. And, right, it, and, uh, and just to you know, give you one more perspective, there is this app known as Strava. I'm not yes, sure heard about my it, favorite. But, uh, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. You know, good to hear that. Strava <laughs> was, was, uh, was um, I mean, like if you look at the story, Strava is something, you know, which every athlete or for that reason, every runner or cyclist, Mm-hmm. If they are serious about it, they will have it installed on their mobile phone somewhere or yes, other. Yes. But uh, what has happened is if you look at Strava today, Strava uh, gives out these metrics on a yearly basis at the end of the year, you know, what has transpired in the world during the one year time frame. Mm-hmm. This year, those metrics were very, very different. They actually came out with a lot of these locations, which were never really on Strava maps in terms of heat maps, you know, where people were cycling. Like downtown cities, people were cycling on beaches, which were unheard of. Ultimately, uh, all of these things are coming together, and uh, it is the future of the. I mean, like it's the future of transport. There's no doubt about it. And, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right on the front that ecology is a very important factor of things. That people have also become, you know, much more conscious that you need to, you know, work towards preserving the environment which we have today. Exactly. I'm actually very happy that you know the. Pe- People are realizing this now and they have taken uh, steps and precaution by maybe from two cars, they downsize to one car and drop two bikes or something like that. It's really exciting to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
to see, you know, the future of our transport, it doesn't necessarily 100% depending on a car. So that's that's really cool. And it's really exciting how this will change the way we live in the future. So speaking of the future, obviously, we must talk about uh, technology. And this has changed the way we do sports as well. Now, we don't need to do like, we don't need to be in a specific court to do a specific sport. There are professional leagues with multi-million dollar prices. This brings us to the topic esports. Covers a wide variety of games across gaming platforms. And the industry is not just virtualization of sports itself, like football and golf. This broad appeal has removed the barrier basically for entry for many consumers. So this allows esports teams and games mm-hmm. publishers to basically create that global community and net- network that we have seen. It's, it's a huge crowd and it's a really, really untapped market. And marketing and you know are already realizing that that these are like you know good opportunities for them so what is your opinion on esports uh, so <laughs> i have been a gamer myself for uh, better half of my adult life and also during <laughs> the college days so i will not like that you know um, i have never played video games i have never sat down in a land kind of a match environment or maybe do some kind of internet uh, blasting of counter strike guns <laughs> At the same time, what I've also realized is that yes, esports has a very big role to play in the coming years because it was never seen as something you know which people could bank in as in terms of a career. Right. Yes. At the same time, what we also have to realize is that it's not a very healthy environment to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are uh, you know psychologists have done studies on you know what are the effects of video games and in some studies it has been shown that your uh, your acumen actually increases a lot. Your precisions, your uh, motor coordination skills becomes much more sophisticated when you play video games, as well as strategy mm-hmm. kind of a, you know decision making when you are specifically playing RTS kind of a gaming environment. At the same time, if you look at the situation which we are right now as a citizenry of the world, most of us are tied to our desk jobs, and we really mm-hmm. don't have any kind of a you know, release of the physical activity side of things, or even do some kind of a mental. Uh, uh, shutdown kind of thing. Right. If I come back from my office environment and I go back to a desktop or a laptop to start a gaming session, uh, a game by its very nature is supposed to stimulate your senses, right? It's supposed to make you react. Mm-hmm. So think about it. You're already carrying a workload and then you go into a very stressful situation, which is about guns. It can be about, you know, uh, real-time strategy. It can be about uh, uh, maybe doing some kind of, you know, a role-playing kind of a game. It can be n number of things, but at the end of the day, it's competition in its pure sense where you're trying to outcompete. But here's the thing: the good part about esports is it's also bringing the traditional outdoor sports to the indoor world. Now, how that is being done? If you look at Strava itself, so during this lockdown, there are a lot of these bike trainers which come in. You put your bikes on the bike trainer, and uh, you basically enter a virtual kind of a run or a virtual current kind of a, a virtual cycling kind of an event where you compete with people on a virtual track. So at the same time, you're experiencing esports in its finer version, but at the same time, you're also physically active. Personally, I feel that there is going to be a huge boom in the esports market, reason mm-hmm. being that uh, it has already overtaken a lot of Hollywood studio production budgets in terms of its sheer volumes, what they generate in terms of sales. And we just had the PS5 launch, right? <laughs> we had the Xbox launches. Of course. So these are all, you know, um, these are things which are supposed to happen. They are going to be there. They are going to expand. But we should not forget the long-term scheme of things that ultimately we as humans, we were not built by evolution to, you know, be sitting in chairs. We have been <laughs> hunter-gatherers doing a lot of foraging. So 
if you kill down any kind of physical activity it's going to be unhealthy better is to balance your esports uh, side of things with a little bit of you know a quick 10 minute kind of a run or maybe do some squats when you are doing a session kind of thing so all these things actually help you to have a much more conducive kind of an environment i think i think of course there's a joy in gaming you know like some some people they they like it because they get to meet other gamers as well and connect with them and right, some right. and some they like it because they get to experience what they can't experience in real life so these are like the benefits uh, of esports obviously but like what you said balance is the best and make sure that you know you go outside and you know uh do like real sports instead of virtual sports so thank thanks for sharing right 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 and that's very important also kesha because uh, you are absolutely bang on target when you say that uh, it's also a release for people to actually you know de stress in some ways and it's also mm-hmm. an opportunity for people who are generally they come might come across as a reserved in their uh, outlook and they have a alter kind of an identity when they go on an online session but at the same time the best approach is to you know have some kind of balance some kind of check and balance in place so that you don't overdo it yes i think balance is very important it comes to everything in terms of your diet in terms of exercise right. you know in the beginning of this podcast you mentioned that basically outdoor activities it can be done by anyone no matter you know how fit you are or no matter how inexperienced you are so the final final question is what will be your advice to people who are looking for motivation to start irrespective of whether their age or whether they have done any outdoor activities when they were young uh, and etc what what is the best advice that you can give um, them if they want to start very very cerebral question let, <laughs> uh, let me take a sh- shot at it um <laughs> uh, the um, on on a base level the only advice i can give to anyone today who is kind of daunted by you know going outdoors and they need some kind of a motivation to get started is very simply this uh, you are a person who was brought into this world not to sit on desk you take a lot of stress by evolution you have been made in such a way that you can adapt to changing environments humans have been at the top of the food chain for a reason right mm-hmm. secondly the other part of thing is that uh, no matter what it's your body it's your mind whatever you do today is going to have an impact 20 years from now so even if you take a small baby step today no matter what your peers are saying you have to be focused on this that uh, this is for me just think that this is for me this is for my own benefit even if you have a target of you know going for a 21 km run say from 6 months from now it's sounding like very really daunting Mm-hmm. just take a small walk in your society or your compound or maybe around the mall and form a habit habit is the key okay so from there everyone we can listen that the best advice from garof the outdoor expert number 1 is we are not made to sit so make sure uh, that you stay active and number 2 of course uh, baby steps small steps you know everyone will be like oh my god i want to achieve 10000 steps per day so oh, that's that's another uh, you know uh, thing <laughs> going around the uh, step tracking thing which is actually a, which is actually a very good motivator for a lot of people uh, right it has also helped the sales of all these smart watches you know skyrocket in the pandemic itself if you look at all the garments and the smart watches which have been there mm-hmm. but uh, uh it's a very valid point take a small step in the right direction don't think about what is going to happen tomorrow whether you'll have pain or something yeah. just do it like nike says just do it and the term for which we use in our uh, you know parlance in the cycling side of things is shut up legs your mind is much more stronger than what your legs are oh wow that's deep and of course like when 
baby steps it doesn't mean that you know you have to straight away go to 10,000 like obviously you have to do it step oh, by step right. like 5,000 5, 7,000 and of course 10,000 some people are just uh, so motivated that they they don't listen to their own body this is one of the challenges I think that many people are facing and of course the final advice that you gave was form a habit which I think this this will be you know different for everyone because for some people uh, forming a habit is very easy because they are disciplined but for some people Mm -hmm. you know they are motivated by other factors as well I think discipline here uh, is the key you know to form a habit so it is very fascinating how outdoor activities and sports have developed throughout the years and I am obviously excited for the future so with continual innovation of growth the possibilities for sports are endless and there is no doubt that local lockdowns across the world increase the awareness of esport as well as outdoor activities. Thanks again, Gaura, for sharing us your journey and views on this topic. Shut up, legs. Thank you for sharing tips, insights, and basically how to stay alive uh, during multiple <laughs> expeditions as well. And for our listeners there, I hope you learned something new and tell us what is your new favorite sport or outdoor activity. We would love to hear your story. Make sure you follow our Instagram at Spill the Teapots. Thanks and hope you enjoy this episode. Goodbye.